to tell It's gonna be a great Noel It's the Advent Calendar House Muffins, Black Man Smurfs And even Garfield's Halloween We're gonna take a trip down memory Welcome back to the Advent Calendar House, the holiday podcast where being on fire for more than a week is a good thing. And by some miracle, we've discovered another Hanukkah special to watch. So take a spin with us back to 1988 to experience a bunch of puppets you'll never hear from again. Spend Hanukkah at Bubby's. I am giant fuzzy camel puppet with a taste for false idols, Mike Westfall. And joining me is eerily familiar-looking delivery person I know I've seen before somewhere. Please welcome back April Riley. Hi, April. Hi. You, you can call me Ian. I'm just coming from Bubby's boarding house. Perfect. Good to have you back. Thanks for having me back. Oh, sure. You found this and sent it to me last year, almost immediately after we recorded the Wienerville special. Where'd you find this? I honestly don't remember. I think somebody had posted it in a Facebook group um, and it was right around the time that we recorded. Um, So I was like, oh, you need to do this one because I looked at it and I was like, oh, this is really like not just obscure, but this is just really kind of out there. So (laughs) this like takes it. I think this makes the Wienerville holiday or Hanukkah special seem uh, normal. Yeah, more or less. Well, this this is older. So you had not seen this before as a kid. No, I have not. No. Okay. No. I, and apparently, like, it's they, they've got other episodes. Um, like, there's a Passover episode. Um, so, yeah, it, I, I've never heard of this. Um, it's probably for the best. <laughs> I had not heard of this before. Quick description of what we're going to be talking about. Hanukkah at Bubby's is a puppet special made in 1988. And at first, I thought it was one of those things released directly to video as something you can order from a catalog or rent from a library. But it showed up in some archived newspaper TV listings. So it got some airtime on PBS stations through the 90s and even into the 2000s. I have to say that it looks it it, it has aged pretty well. I feel like this was like I didn't realize it was that old. Um, So when I was watching this, I got an older vibe from the Wienerville special yeah. last year than I did from this one. Yeah, no, it was a good recording and it was a good quality upload that we found. Yes. Uh, but this thing is not on IMDb even, but people have seen this. And from what I've read on the internet, those who remember watching this as kids remember it pretty fondly. Oh, that's, um, <laughs> I watched it with my seven-year-old and I'm not sure she's going to have that same uh, nostalgia. No. <laughs> she will, but um <laughs> You found it pretty out there as well. Okay. So, yeah, the, the first article I came up with when I searched for Hanukkah at Bubby's is from 2014. It's written by current food writer for CNN Business, Danielle Wiener Brauner. It was a very helpful post. Uh, it was on one of those old uh, Gawker Media, like, sub-sub-sub sites, so... I would see it. Yeah, I, I, I can see it going down a sub. So you're going to have to dig through some sub, 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 subs. To get yeah, <laughs> like all the images were broken. It's it's an old Gawker sub site. So, yes, they're in no hurry to fix any of that. But in particular, this article made a few puppet designs click for me after I watched this, because the puppets in this special were designed by David Silverman, the animator for The Simpsons. Ah, that's it. Because I, I looked at them and I was like, a couple of those guys look like the Sim- like they could be out of The Simpsons. So that actually that clip, too. Yeah. When you said that, I get it. Some of these are dead ringers for yes. Simpsons characters. Yes. And David Silverman, for those of you who are not familiar, he's been working on The Simpsons since the beginning, since before the beginning. He animated the original Tracy Ullman shorts and the pilot, Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire, which we've talked about in the past episode. He directed several other episodes, the Simpsons movie, all the Maggie shorts that are now on Disney+, Plus, even that Loki one from this year. So he's a Simpsons lifer. Yeah, I can, I, I see it now. Yep. Uh, and you can see his influence right away as we open in the kitchen of the titular Bubby, a kind grandmotherly puppet. 
But the dead giveaway is this grocery delivery boy who comes in and looks unmistakably like a curly-haired Bart. I thought he looked like the bus driver. Oh, Otto? Yeah, he does. Yeah. The haircut and the sunglasses yeah. and kind of the way he talks. He's got yeah. that He's got that California accent. I got this whole delivery of potatoes and apples and chickens and candles and um, uh, dreidels, I think. Something like that. Uh, mazel tov. Yeah, so what are you doing? You like having a Christmas party or something? Uh, no, we're getting ready for our Hanukkah party. Oh, wow, that sounds great. Yeah. Maybe because, like, his long curly hair is blonde, I thought, oh, it's just curly-haired Bart, but he's got the same yellow skin that no one else in this special has besides one other puppet that I think is the same exact model. Right, the the one other puppet was the one who really stuck out to me as as the Simpson. I, I, I don't, he wasn't a main character, he was kind of a background guy. Uh, but he was the one that I was like, oh, that's that looks exactly like. Uh, yeah, was- I think it might have actually been female because I think she was wearing like a, a blouse. Um, Maybe or I, could. Yeah. Or there may have been more than one because I thought I saw like a male kind of character. So there okay. may have been the female one as well. Perhaps. I don't know. This this one had like a long reddish purple hair and it, okay. it was not wearing sunglasses. It had the same circular eyes as you would expect from a Simpsons puppet. Yes. But the rest of the puppets were a really odd mishmash of, of characters. Oh, they're all over the place. <laughs> you had rats and sheep and camels. Um, There's a rhinoceros in there. Right. Um, was there a dinosaur? Uh, no, I think that was the rhino. Okay. They sang about a rhino. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, before we keep going, I do want to talk about some other names I recognized in the credits because there are some big ones. Um, this special was written by three different guys. The first is Phil Barron, who was the voice of Teddy Ruxpin. Oh, wow. That's a very interesting leap. Yeah. Uh, he was also Piglet on the Disney Channel's Welcome to Pooh Corner. So that's where the puppetry comes in. Uh, and he worked on Muppets Tonight and the Adventures of Timmy the Tooth. Uh, and then we have Len Levitt, who also worked on Muppets Tonight, as well as Muppet Vision 3D. At Walt Disney World and okay. the Muppets 2011 movie. And then he did puppet work for movies like the Flintstones and Men in Black and Team America and ha- the Happy Time Murders. Okay. And then the last name in the writing credits is Sean Cassidy, but not that's Sean Cassidy. Okay, I was going to say, really? <laughs> no, this is S-E-A-N Cassidy, uh, who is apparently a longtime friend of Len Levitt's. The two were in a troop together in high school called the Puppet Conspiracy. So they turned that into this gig. Well, it worked out pretty well for him. It did. Uh, so besides those three writers who also perform puppets in this, we have two other performers. Greg Ballora, who's another Muppets Tonight name I know. And then finally, a name I brought up on this podcast before. Mona Marshall performs... Bubby's granddaughter Muffin and some other female characters in this. I'm assuming it's the same Mona Marshall. That that voice actress is Jewish. She was the voice on the Glow Friends and in the real Ghostbusters Christmas episode. She was the ghost of Christmas past. She's a bunch of voices on South Park, including Sheila Braflovsky. <laughs> and she was like half the color kids in Rainbow Bright. Okay. Uh, and I know her best is she, so she would be Kyle's mom. <laughs> <laughs> and there are songs about her. Never heard anything bad about her before. I don't know right, what you're right. talking about. But back to Bubby's in this delivery boy. Whoever's performing him has chosen this California surfer dude type accent. He's going through the groceries Bubby ordered and he's got, got this whole delivery of potatoes and apples and chickens and candles. And what are you having? A Christmas party or something? Right. <laughs> yeah. And dreidels. Dreidels right, or whatever. Right. Like, our, our Hanukkah's not that obscure. Like, we had a good streak going of not having to drag Christmas into the Hanukkah specials, but here we go. Not a minute and a half into this. Luckily, I think that may have been the only Christmas mention, though, correct? Yeah, no. After this, that's it. Yeah, they go whole hog after this. Like, mm-hmm. we get, you know, which I, good. I, it was authentic, you know, I, I appreciate the authenticity. Yeah, someone has to stand in and learn about Hanukkah in this special designed to teach children about Hanukkah. Yes. So this genuinely interested delivery boy serves that purpose. It's a nice introduction. Yeah. Uh, 
And we have the conversation, what do you do for Konica? No, you have to huh when you say it. Yes, this is very throaty. So, like, what do you do for Kanuka? That's Kanuka, dear. Huh, huh. Uh, asks what the, the tops or whatever are, is what he called the dreidels. He thought they were tops. And we get the short 50 cent explanation for everything. And it sounds like totally fun. Uh, and then uh, she pays him in guilt and he goes, whoa, why should I feel guilty? <laughs> because that's what we Jews do. <laughs> <laughs> Not guilt, guilt. But they're interrupted by these two giant human-sized mice who just march in the kitchen before Bubby shoes them out. I go, sorry, and they leave. And that's the segue into Bubby explaining that she runs a boarding house, and those were a couple of her tenants. But they don't acknowledge that two giant mice just walked into their kitchen. And it's very odd placement. It was just walk in and walk, let's say a little thing. I walk out and it was very, uh, but why? That was the introduction of, oh, other people live here. These two happen to be mice, but at least with the Muppets, when they do it, it's like, oh, rats. Right. There was a whole mishmash of things that live in this house. There really was. Uh, well, and we get a song about it coming up right now, because in addition to everyone at the boarding house, Bubby is expecting her grandchildren and we cut to them. It's Zach and his little sister, Muffin. And their pal Chester, who they all appear to be walking literally over the river and through the woods. <laughs> the Bubby's house they go. Yes. Uh, the article I mentioned earlier compares Muffin to Lisa Simpson as far as her look goes. And I okay. sort of see it if she had red hair. Sure. I would have, Now that I realize there's that Simpsons connection, I almost I don't know if I should waste 41 minutes of my life again. But I almost want to go back and try and compare a little bit more. <laughs> there are some screenshots. You can just find a group picture. Okay. But but here they go. They're singing a song about Bubby's boarding house. Bubby's boarding house. Bubby's boarding house. If you love to learn, then you learn to love the place I'm thinking of. Because this is the first of two specials. I could only find the two, Hanukkah and Passover. There's a third video that's just songs from those other two, and it's Sing Along with Bubby. But that's it. That's all I could find. But it seems like with this theme song that they were trying to make it a whole series. It, it does. It does feel like it was a... It expl like I thought maybe I was missing something. It felt like an explanation that ties everything in or ties in with other episodes that I should know. But it again felt very uh out of place there was just a, this the whole thing just lots of things that piecemealed together <laughs> not that made a 40 minute movie but it didn't feel like any of it belonged together no yeah that's that's a good way of explaining it it's a lot this did not need to be 40 minutes they could have knocked it down to like 25 right right um put it on tv yeah, I think, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we throw on some commercials and you've got your 30 minutes back. Yeah. Uh, and there are times when it feels like it drags, but I've sure watched other things that felt like it dragged a lot right. more than this. Like it, yeah. it keeps a steady pace most of the time. It's a lot of scene changes that feel slow. Yes. And it just feels very disjointed in all of it. Mm -hmm. There's no smooth transition there are a lot of harsh transitions like this is what we're gonna do now this is what we're gonna do now yep uh the theme song also acknowledges have lunch with the rhinoceros or even a mouse at bubby's boarding house so there they acknowledge that oh there are mice but that's going to be the theme of this special we're gonna see a bunch of wacky puppets and learn nothing about most of them right <laughs> so i don't know if maybe well, if there's only the Passover episode and there's only the sing-along, I guess we will never learn anything about them. Nope. Maybe it was something designed or geared towards Jewish kids. Yeah, kind of like a Sesame Street for Jewish kids. Yeah, they had that. But it just never took off because we're not a big population. Right. I, that's That seems to be what they were trying to do. But I don't know ran out of ideas or ran out of money or the Simpsons happened and David Silverman got busy and couldn't make any more puppets. Right. But that Simpsons money started rolling in. So Bubby had to go. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> 
Uh, but Zach, Muffin, and Chester arrive at Bubby's boarding house, and Muffin is so excited talking about how awesome Hanukkah with Bubby is, saying last year she gave them both hats, and Chester really likes their hats. So much that he's embarrassed by his own. Those are the greatest hats I've ever seen. Your hat's great too, Chester. Now come on. Yeah, but my hat doesn't match yours at all. I have a really bad hat. And so we segue into the underlying theme of this entire episode. Yeah, Chester really struggles with... Being himself. Being himself. That's going to be the theme going in. Um, Right now he's wearing just a red and black yarmulke with some jewels on it. It's kind of perched on top of his weird wave of purple hair. But he's a puppet. Puppets have weird hair, and that's the best they could fit a Jewish yarmulke on him. But he's really upset about this, and he says, like, I have a bad hat. Was his a kippa? It looked like it. Okay. I couldn't have, his looked a little more jestery. Like, I noticed, um, oh, what's Muffin's brother's name again? Zach. I noticed Zach's kippa, like, his was obvious, but uh, chest, just nut. She called him chestnut. Because <laughs> right, call him she chestnut. does. It's because his hair's all weird. It's got okay. this weird flip going on, and it doesn't sit right on his head. It's a, it's a real problem for like my son has his my son has curly hair mm. and it um, puffs out. So like trying to we 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 have clips we have to clip it to his head. Okay, so it just, like sits on top of this mass of hair. Yeah, no, like Chester's hair doesn't appear curly. It's just this wave. Yeah, and they couldn't sit it right on the puppet's head, so they're just like, all right, just throw it on there. It's on but, the side. It's almost like a beret. It's like positioned like a beret. Kind of, yeah, because they couldn't get it right, and they just decided, let's go. We got to roll. Um, right. But for now, here comes a man selling hats and wearing a whole stack of them on top of his heads and shouting, get a while they're hat. <laughs> he reminded me of, do you know that children's book, Caps for Sale? Vaguely, yes. Yeah, that, that might not be an accident. It's by a Jewish author. Okay. Uh, and it's from like 1940, and it's based on a folktale that's even older than that. So maybe, but but at the top of this man's pile of hats is a purple wool knit cap that looks like his uh, Chester's friends, uh, and that fits even worse on top of Chester's hair than his own hat. But whatever, he's ready to finally meet their bubble, <laughs> is what he says. My kids are my kids are like booby. Oh dear. <laughs> Because like my mother, she goes by Dee Dee. So okay. they don't have a like a bub, Bubby or Softa is another name for like a Jewish grandmother. Um, I've heard Bubby. I've not heard Softa. So they're like Booby? Booby? <laughs> oh, dear. Know, Bubby. <laughs> Whoops. So Zach knocks on the door and that rhinoceros he just sang about answers. He's wearing this wine colored three piece suit saying, we don't want any before Zach can finish talking and shuts the door in a child's face. Yeah, what do you want? We're here to see... We don't want any. What? We learn much later the rhino's name is Reinhardt, who answers the door again after Muffin knocks this time. He tells her to put him down for a box of chocolate chip, which is very rude. But Chester does put him down for a box of chocolate chip. He does, yes. (laughs) Were, Were you ever a scout? I was not, no. No. Did you ever have to sell anything door to door and get shut in your face like that? No, luckily, I, I I remember that kind of stuff coming home as a kid. And back in the day, it was common to go, you know, now my yeah. kids come home with fundraisers and they actually say, don't go door to door. Oh, really? Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Ours are all just online to family members. and Right. Now yeah. they do that. But I remember like when my oldest to a 16, um, you know, when he started coming home with a it would be don't cut, you know, don't go door to door with it. Um, okay. It's probably for the best. Yeah. Where I grew up, it wasn't an area to go door to door. Okay. Um, so, like I grew up in South St. Louis. Uh, okay. Um, yep. So you don't go to door. I remember having to sell dumb trinkets for Cub Scouts and I hated it. I liked the box they came in. I wanted to keep the box, but I wasn't allowed. Now they sell popcorn. Now they sell popcorn. Yeah, Cub, Cub Scouts sell popcorn. Yep, outside the outside Publix. Yes. They get me every time. Like, I don't want your $5 bag of popcorn. <laughs> oh. Anyway, Zach tries again, this time telling the rhino, hey, we know the secret password. What secret password? Well, I can't tell you that. It's a secret. 
and that tricks the rhino and everybody else in the living room into getting out because now they don't know the password. But the kids made it in, so problem solved. It's actually, yeah, uh, genius. Next, we're back in the kitchen with Bubby and a very stubborn and very interesting looking puppet named Anton, who is very quickly established as the worst. Give me this. Believe me, I know something about this. I used to make latkes professionally. <sighs> you mean you used to be a professional latke? He really is. I thought at first, like, is this Bubby's, like, younger man friend? He's got the shirt for it. He's got this very 80s looking button up shirt. It is the most 1988 button up shirt I've ever seen. It's orange and a navy blue pattern that looks like he's going to an art show. And he's like, um, kind of like a over the top Italian Jay Leno. <laughs> yes, yes. He's got the he's got the largest chin I've ever seen on a puppet. Yes. Uh, he looks like an angry pink Moai from Easter Island with a giant chin. Yes, he does. Anton is a tacky man who's arguing with Bubby about making latkes and is only interrupted by the arrival of Bubby's grandchildren and Chester, who runs in. They all run in and hug her, including Chester, who apparently doesn't know how to hug and tackles an old woman to the ground. Repeatedly. Twice. Yes. <laughs> She's fine, but wow. Bubby! Zachary! Oh. <laughs> Let me look at you. You need a haircut. Bobby! Bobby! Oh, I've seen the mail. How I missed you. Bobby! Oh. Uh, who are you? This is Chester. Um, Chester, this is Bubby. Bobby! Hey! And Anton was Anton. Anton did not stand up for Bobby. No, he <laughs> doesn't stand up for anybody except himself. Right. Uh, and he is insistent on making tomato latkes instead of potato ones. Not sure how you'd fry those with that water content. Yeah, like at first I'm thinking, you know, I might want to try one, but you can't make them the same. You can't grate a tomato, you know? No, you can't substitute it in there for potatoes and have that work at all. But if you could make some kind of similar pancake thing that tastes like tomato soup, I wouldn't turn that down. I mean, they, they get creative with latkes. Like, I've seen beet latkes. Um, really? Potato latkes. Yeah, I would never touch a beet latke. <laughs> Um, but the sweet, sweet potato latkes I've seen, they, they get, they get pretty far out there nowadays with the fancy things, but I'm okay. a, a Manischewitz girl all the way. There you go. <laughs> well, Bubby is clearly fed up, but decides to be civil by allowing Anton to make his tomato latkes and she'll make her potato ones and let everyone have their choice. But Anton won't hear it. He keeps saying they're going to do things his way. And already I see where exactly where this is going to head. We're heading to Antioch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Antioch. It, it's right there in the name. Yeah. Uh, well, Anton Antiochus. I get it now. Yeah. Oh, yep. Well, Bubby brings her grandchildren out of the kitchen to find them a room. But Anton keeps Chester behind to help him because Chester heard Anton claim he was an expert and believed him because he said so. There's a joke that didn't age well. No. <laughs> <laughs> Where we, why, why we are where we are. In <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I should mention this whole time we're in the kitchen. Various other puppets are peeking in through the window from outside, and it's kind of creepy. Yeah, they're still waiting outside because they don't know the password. Right. Oh, that's right. Uh, the, yeah, the, it's mostly sheep and mice out there just peeking in for what I thought were no reason. But no, it's because they're trying to get in now because they don't know the password. Uh, they don't do anything to enhance the scene. I guess they just needed something happening out of the window for no reason. It's very, um, the, the, the whole scene is very, does nothing to enhance the scene. <laughs> I guess not. Let's introduce one more character for five minutes. Uh, and now we're in the living room where we see two guys who are maintenance men at the boarding house kind of getting ready for the Hanukkah party. We saw them outside earlier painting now they're building something with a couple of pieces of wood that's apparently supposed to be a Hanukkah sign when they're done. Which is, uh, yeah, and one thing about the Hanukkah sign is, you know, it's a reminder that there's 6,000 different ways to spell Hanukkah. Yes. So in this special, it spells it with a C in the beginning. H-A-N-U-K. A. Yeah. No H at the end. Nope. Or the beginning. No, and no double K. Sometimes you see a double K in there. Right. That's the one I, uh, where do you stand on it? 
I am H-A-N-U-K-K-A-H. Yeah, that seems to be the general consensus of, I think, every Jew I know. Yeah. But all of these specials in the 90s were really on Team C. And this one in the 80s dropped the H at the end. Well, I think that the Team C is really trying to hammer home that, uh, that you know, the, the throaty half <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Well, and Bubby certainly is. So. Yes. We'll give that to her. Because I think over time it is law. You know, now that it's spelled mostly with an H, people don't realize the true phonetics of it in terms of Hebrew. Could be. Um, it actually is in Hebrew. It's got it, the letters called Haf, and it's sound it makes Haf. Okay, that makes sense. Yes, so I think it's trying to hold on to our sound. Well, yeah, you got a when you say it. My kids hate making that sound. My kids have to. Um, my second daughter is going through, she's having her bat mitzvah over this Hanukkah. Act. Oh, yay. Um, and she hates trying to make that sound. And so a lot of her Torah portion is, it, it includes, obviously, if you're speaking Hebrew, it includes that sound. And she's like, I'm not making that sound. Just because I'm just like, just say, huh. it's not the end of the world if you don't spit on people. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good that they're not sticklers about it at a bat mitzvah. No, they're not. Okay, good. It's probably not best to spit on people in this. No, please don't. (laughs) No. (laughs) Also in the living room is a girl at the piano named Zelda playing the piano badly. She's another very Simpsons looking puppet. She was actually scary. Yeah, because she's got this dark gray skin. And she's like, just like the way her arms are playing this piano is a little terrifying. Only her arms are moving. Only her forearms are moving. Like her hands don't move with the keys. The rest of her body, that's how they do. It's almost a marionette sort of puppet, but you don't see strings at all. No, like none of the puppets are very well done. Um, You can see a lot of hand move, like... Uh, when he's playing the dreidel, uh, when Anton is playing the dreidel, mm-hmm. so you can see the hand, at, you know, actively moving. Right. Um, but yeah, she was the she was by far the worst. I would say so. Her job is just to play the piano and not move. Right. But other than that, the puppets look great, and you can definitely tell which styles David Silverman would later use in his animation career. Yes. Um. But this is another very quick scene that sort of drags on just so we can establish we're getting ready for a party. And then we're back in the kitchen for Anton to sing a song called My Way, but not that My Way. For this being the first song, it was weird. Like, I I, I feel like I'm on repeat with this. <laughs> but it was just like, why are we doing this right now? Like, I can understand the other songs. But why are we, why are we here? How did we get here? We, we need Anton to be stubborn through song. And uh, so. And he was. He sings my way. It's a very different my way. But at the same time, they know what they're doing. And you can sort of tell. Yeah. <laughs> it's like bad Casio keyboard public domain song my way. Yeah. And to really drive the point home in this song, in comes a flock of sheep in a chorus line. And they all have these same dizzy crossed eyes about them. Yeah. And at the end of the song, Anton accidentally spills his tomato latkes, blames it on Chester, tells him to get a sponge, and the sponge gives him an idea which we're left to ponder on our own because we cut back to Bubby, who just noticed her usually bustling living room is nearly empty. So she finds everybody outside and they all start shouting random words, trying to guess the secret password. Rumpel skill skin. Yes. And instead of trying to figure out what's even happening, she blows a whistle she's wearing around her neck like a football coach, tells them all to huddle up, calmly tells them to go back in the house, and knock off this funny business! Well, she's running a boarding house. It's a tight ship. Here. Oh, yeah. She runs a tight ship. I like Bubby. I like her attitude where she she is no-nonsense the whole time. But she's also very grandmotherly. Oh, know? yes. Got, absolutely. Yeah. She juggles both sides of herself very well. Yes. Uh-huh. And everybody rushes back inside. 
And again, Bubby gets trampled. Poor Bubby. They keep going back to tackle the old lady bit. But so now we're back inside and it's starting to look and feel more like a party. And I will add the crew made it a point to dim the lights outside the windows to show that it's slowly getting darker and we're getting closer to sundown, which I appreciated. Yes. It's a nice touch. Uh, everybody's having fun. The volume of Muffin's voice is especially loud in this scene for some reason. I don't think I noticed that. I felt like they just gave her the loud microphone, I guess. But she tells I feel like she was a ama- I feel like she was like that the entire. Could have been. Yeah. I noticed it the most here. Okay. It felt like she was talking over everybody else, but she didn't mean to be. Right. But she tells Bubby she wishes they could celebrate Hanukkah every night. And that leads into Bubby singing a song about why it's a special time with lots of remember and a beautiful sight. At Hanukkah we remember the valiant Maccabees who wouldn't let oppression take away what they believed when the rulers of the empire said they could not be Jews. They said we'll practice our religion just as we choose. This is okay. Yeah, but which it always brings me back to, you know, this they're celebrating the eighth night of Hanukkah. And they are. And I understand that they probably do have more of a scene with an entire eight, eight candles lit. Because uh, I remember they did this in the Rugrats special, too. But the parties usually happen on the first night of Hanukkah. By the eighth night of Hanukkah, we're tired of frying things. You know? <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, like uh, I know our parties are, or anything we do is first night, second night. By the third night, it's like, okay, we'll light the candles and have the presents, but I'm not, it's not. You're I, not going to make I, a big deal of it. It's so greasy in this house, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after, sure. I can see that. Yes. Uh, but this is a cute Hanukkah song for kids, but it's an earworm. I think I blocked that out. <laughs> oh, it's been in my head for days, so I cannot blame any Jewish kid from the 80s who has spent the last 30 years trying to figure out where this song is from. You're welcome. Is It, it wasn't the dreidel song, was it? No, it's the song. No, see, my earworm is the dreidel song. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is their low-key song. It's a beautiful sight. Yes. That, well, maybe it's an earworm because they play it a few times in this special. Yes. Um, but after the song, Anton and Chester come out of the kitchen to their own fanfare and announce the great latke taste test. And they present a plate full of bright red tomato latkes that look like sliced beets. They look like a little paper, little paper circle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and a pile of what I know to be sponges because I saw them from earlier. Yes. April, what did you say was an actual debate concerning latkes? Was it applesauce and sour cream? Yes, it is. Because applesauce and sour cream are the typical, you know, what you would dip a latke in. And I, like, my son will use applesauce. I think it's an abomination. (laughs) It's a potato, you know? What do you put on a potato? Right. Sour cream. You wouldn't put applesauce on your baked but your loaded baked potato i know people who dip french fries into applesauce so oh, i know people who dip french fries into frosties so i can't I guess <laughs> that sweet and sour aspect, could be but i just <sighs> i would be i would be a sour cream guy as well i am i am fully sour cream um full disclosure my lot because they're never even close to kosher um i like <laughs> to put bacon in <laughs> <laughs> And and then to- and cheese as well. So in my latke mix, I mix bacon bits and cheese, which, what? you know, so we're going meat and cheese, which is a no-no. And then we're going pork, which is a no-no. So I'm going, you know, I'm going full in here on not kosher. And so it's almost, I call them, lo- they're my loaded latkes. So it's sour cream. You wouldn't put applesauce in, you know, a loaded latke. No, 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 I would not. Um, sounds really good, though, I gotta say. They, they, they actually are. Like, I will eat them. I will make them during the year, like not often, but I've made them in April. I've made them in, I think last Thanksgiving, I was on my own because my family went out of town um, and I had to stay home for, I don't remember what reason, but I made a lot because on Thanksgiving. Okay, nice. 
Uh, I like that debate better is where I'm getting at here. Yes. <laughs> but everyone here tries a tomato latke and everyone hates them so much that they toss them away. Because if there's one visual gag puppeteers love, it's throwing things. Mm. We get that a few times here, too. But even Bubby's got an arm on her. She nails <laughs> Anton with one in the chin. Well, the chin's not hard to miss. I was going to say, now that I say that out loud, that's not a hard target. Right. But Zack and Muffin clearly recognize that the second group of latkes totally are not latkes. And Anton takes that as a victory, making up numbers now that 73% of those surveyed prefer his tomato latkes. And 82% of people who didn't try them. Yeah, that's right. There's a lot of political commentary I was not expecting in a kid's special. They're going after fake polls and self-proclaimed experts with no credentials. Sounds familiar. It sounds familiar. I kind of enjoy it. Teach them early not to listen to people who are full of themselves. Right. <laughs> What is it? Abraham Lincoln uh, once said that 73% of statistics are made <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> right. I failed again. How about me, Master? Hi there. My name is Teddy Ruxpin. How are you today? Fine. Well then, I would like to tell Teddy you story. The world's first animated storytelling bear. It's alive! Now available at stores everywhere. And the next scene is Anton playing dreidel and winning every game because all four sides of his dreidel have Gimmel on them. And he made it himself. <clears throat> he did. Have you ever seen someone try and cheat at dreidel? No, no, I have not. Uh, I think he may have given my seven-year-old a couple ideas. <laughs> um, so we'll see what happens this year. I didn't know if there was like a side, like people getting sneaky with the dreidel. Well, for my kids, like they don't have the attention span to <laughs> and, and play repeatedly. So it's more like a couple of spins, eat the gelt. That's, you know, yeah. that's it. They're not going to keep playing for, you know, they keep playing for, you know, bigger pot or it's not going to be a long 10, 15 minute game. It's, you know, a couple of spins. Yeah, man. There's mm -hmm. chocolate in front of me. I'm not going to not eat it. Right. Well, Anton doesn't want to play anymore if he can't win every time. So he walks away in a huff while Zach's trying to explain the letters on each side. And I like Muffin's jokes here. See, on this side, here's a nun. Ah! No, wait a second. There's a different letter on every side. You really? Nuns were Catholic. And on this side is a hay, and hay is for horses. <laughs> I think I missed that one. <laughs> I think I missed that part because my daughter is mildly obsessed with what the letters on the what they mean. Mm -hmm. So she's known that I think that's probably the only Hebrew phrase she actually knows is Neskadal Hayasham. Okay. She's proud of it. So during this, these parts, she, you know, is repeating Neskadal. Sure. Yep. And this is exactly the part that she'd be into because Bubby, Zach calls Bubby to help because he just gets frustrated by Muffin's jokes. And we get the story of the great miracle that happened there. Uh, they do not get into the part where dreidels in Israel stand for a great miracle happened here, which I only found out since starting this podcast. And that's neat. Neskadal, it says Neskadal Hayapo. Yes. Which means a great miracle happened here. And I did not learn that from any conventional wisdom. I learned that from Maya Bialik and her YouTube video on Hanukkah. Oh, really? Yes. She oh. has a YouTube video. Uh, she's got a YouTube series just basically breaking down most. I think she's got every Jewish holiday covered and one of them Hanukkah. Speaking of Maya Bialik, give her the Jeopardy job. Right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to LeVar Burton. I wouldn't be. I think Mayim Bialik did a better job than LeVar yeah. Burton did, but I was happy to see him there. Yes. Also neat, Bubby says the story began in the year 167 before our era, and this might be the earliest show I've heard that phrase used. It really, I think, didn't back then they call, they used to refer to, because I grew up always thinking BC meant before Christ. Right. But it's the before common era. Right. And so I think that maybe they want to shy away from the whole before Christ thing on the Jewish special. Sure, I understand that part. Uh, right. But but I didn't hear before the common era until the 90s. I didn't hear it until well into the 2000s. Okay. Yeah. 
But so this is what I'm saying is I didn't expect to hear this in an 80 special. Yes. Yeah, it is ahead of its time. So, yeah. In some respect. There you go. Uh, and Muffin oh so innocently asks Bubby, how old were you then? <laughs> Have your kids ever asked you how old you were when watching something set way before your time? They asked me, you know, were things in black and white? Like, they think <laughs> yeah. life in general was in black and white. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> just like because they if they've seen little snippets of older TV, it was in black and white. So they think back then life was just black and white. It's like we didn't get color until the 60s. Maybe. Yeah, that's how a Calvin and Hobbes strip goes when it's one of those. His dad's just trolling him. Yeah. Yeah, I think mine. I think we might have been watching Back to the Future and it's 1955. And were you alive then? No, no, I was not. Your grandparents were tiny babies. Right. So we now cut to ancient Israel with all the puppets in Bubby's boarding house playing parts in a busy marketplace. And Bubby is standing in for Mattathias here because she's telling the story. So fine. There's a very impressive, very fuzzy looking giant camel puppet that I just want to give a hug. Who apparently likes to eat false idols. Yes. I mean, so uh, the merchant selling the false idols now, uh, camel food, get your camel food. (laughs) For uh, drachmas. Four drachmas. The, the, the false idols were three drachmas, but once the camel eats it and they're camel food, it's four drachmas. Uh, yeah, well, supply and demand. Yes. Uh, and of course, Anton is standing in for, well, they pronounce his name Antiochus in this special. Yeah, I, I've always heard Antiochus. So have I. Okay. Because I checked Wikipedia and it just lists both, so that wasn't helpful. Right. I will continue using Antiochus here. Same. Actually, before he takes the stage, the rhino character acts as his herald, trying to get the Jewish crowd to quiet down and listen, threatening arrest and torture. And neither of those work. So he says, well, then you'll have to listen to Antiochus make proclamations all day. And that shuts up everybody. So Anton, as Antiochus starts reading a list of things the Jews can no longer believe in, and it's in the form of a rhyming alphabet poem. I really appreciate the alliteration. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like a bad heel promo. Because uh, I giggled at it. I remember laughing at it. But oh, it's great. <clears throat> a is for Ark, which never was floating. A is for Atonement. That day's verboten. That is, that's what popped me tonight because I was sitting with Yom Kippur is on Thursday. Yes, we're recording this right before Yom Kippur. Yes, Yom Kippur is on Thursday. I'm like, oh, we have to atone. <laughs> a is for Abraham. Forget his kin. Ace for Antiochus. Hooray for him! Ha <laughs> ha! I'm on a roll. I love you. Yeah. <clears throat> B's for bar mitzvah, and that is forbidden. And B's for your Bible. Forget it was written. C is for candles you can no longer light. D is for Dobbin. No praying, all right? <laughs> it reminded me. Oh, how bad? How far back in wrestling history do you go? Uh, early 90s. Okay, so you remember the Big Boss Man's terrible poem about Big Show's dead father? Um, I don't remember that. I remember who, I was around for Big Boss Man and Big Show, but I don't remember that. Specific. It was bad. It was something yeah. like, yeah. He lived a full life on his own terms. Soon he'll be buried and eaten by worms. Late 90s, uh, like mid to late 90s um, in general was... Oh, very- awful, awful. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, naturally, Antiochus's list of what Jews aren't allowed to do anymore is met with lots of boos and jeers. So he reads them a much shorter list of what they can do. Be Greek. Mm. That's the list. And Chester's standing in for a member of the crowd who's willing to hear him out. And, but Bubby is mad at Thias, has had enough, tells the crowd they can't just stop being Jewish just because someone tells them to. That's not a reason to stop being yourselves. Same. Yeah, and as they flee the city, we dissolve back to Bubby's as she explains how more people joined them outside the city, and soon there were a whole army ready to fight for their religion's freedom and their right to be themselves. And that's how she explains it, and that comes in for another song cue. Be yourself, no matter where the wind blows. Be yourself, whatever you do. Someone else can never be you. Before you look at me, look inside and be yourself. 
not a great soundtrack. <laughs> it's not. It's very. It, this is an early childhood special. It feels yes. like. Um, yeah, I, I, I appreciate the song and I appreciate the underlying meme and or underlying theme, and that it's not. You have a little more that that can reach other people that aren't necessarily Jewish. Um, so yeah. it's not you know more big. You know, even if you're not Jewish, being yourself is important. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and during the song, we see Chester struggling with this. He puts on a pair of mouse ears. Bubby shakes her head at him. And then he puts what's supposed to be a rhinoceros horn on his nose. At first, I thought it was a party hat. But when I watched it again, I realized it's a paper cup like you'd get a snow cone in. Oh, okay. Uh, between this and the hat thing outside, this kid's really having trouble figuring out how to express himself, but also how not to worry about what others think of him. That's oh, a typical problem. Because, like... Saying be yourself, especially in the context of religious freedom, is a very delicate line. I think they do a pretty good job here. Yes, it, 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 it's especially hard. Like being Jewish in general and being yourself can be difficult. Um, I live in the South and yep. my kids run into this a lot. Even my 10 year old half the time is like, I don't want to be Jewish because Oof. she doesn't know anybody else other than people who go to our synagogue. She doesn't know anybody else who is Jewish, like that goes to school with her. Um, you know, so after we leave the synagogue, she didn't know it. She didn't have anybody. Um, so my kids struggle. My, like my, my son is fine, but my 12 year old and my 10 year old struggle uh, just with having their identity, but that making them an other, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes perfect sense. Cause yeah. I've heard other Jewish friends use that phrase that, that, that feel like they're being othered. Yes. Yeah. And it's like um you want to be proud, but at the same time it's everywhere you turn, especially here, uh, you can be met with some resistance. Yeah, it can be very unfriendly and right. it sucks. Yeah. Uh but and especially at their age, like that's the prime age of when you would struggle with with being yourself and right. you're, what uh, you're like becoming. My, right. My daughter just started my older daughter just started middle school. Um, you know, and so She's walking that fine line of doing, you know, honoring herself. And, and it goes beyond just being Jewish. Like she likes, she likes to shop at Hot Topic, but I guess the big thing now is, <laughs> um, the big thing now for kids like her, they call her emo at school and she doesn't like being called emo, but she really likes the clothes she wears. So I, I'm like, you're either going to have to pick making yourself happy and wearing these clothes or not being called emo, I guess. I, I don't see the insult. In, I guess maybe it's insulting nowadays, but. I'm more surprised they know the word emo. Yeah. It's more, <laughs> it, it's, I think it, emo has replaced the word goth. Oh. What, what was goth back in our day is now emo for them. Oh. Yeah. Well, so it's that... kind of like it's, uh, you know, it's they're not full on, you know, chokers and the, the spikes there. Kind of, <laughs> but they shop at Hot Topic. So I okay. guess that's the goth emo. Yeah, um, well, I feel like we're coming up on a '90s uh, nostalgia. I just bought a I just bought a pair of flare jeans the other day. <laughs> Did you? Hey, all right, they're coming back. <laughs> <laughs> so back in the kitchen now, Anton is cooking something. Turns the stove all the way up and leaves, while Bubby brings in everybody else to make applesauce. So they're on team applesauce. Uh, she gives everybody a job using a child's plastic chalkboard like a football coach again going over the play as best as a puppet can draw on a chalkboard while holding it anyway and Reinhard the Rhino is there to core the apples with his horn and impressively the crew of this special seems to have done this ahead of time so all they have to do is stick his horn right through the middle of the apple and the core pops right out that was well done uh, and Chester tries to do the same with his fake rhino paper cup horn and only ends up hurting himself. And here is where Zach tries to comfort him, saying Hanukkah is about being who you are. Going back to what we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. I'm sure being a rhinoceros is fine. You bet it is, buddy. But yeah. being a, well, what you really are is fine, too. Reminds me of the Muppets trying to console Gonzo when he gets down about being a whatever. I don't recall that. I'm a, see, I'm not a big Muppet person. Muppet Christmas Carol is like the extent of it. No, okay. Every once in a while it happened. It happened um, on Muppet Babies sometimes, okay. and then Muppets from Space is mostly that. Okay. 
Uh, but that reminds Muffin that Bubby never finished telling the Hanukkah story, so we dissolve back to find Zack standing in as Judah Maccabee trying to keep a starving group camped out in the wilderness from fighting with each other because they're hungry. And they have a bean. They have a bean. We get the joke, <laughs> dinner's ready. Let me guess, beans again? No, bean. Bean. One bean. Just one. <laughs> But thankfully, help arrives in the form of supplies from a nearby village, and they're reminded their fight wasn't just for themselves, but for all Jews. But then they dissolve back. When we get to the part about the miracle of the burning oil, Bubby mentions she can almost smell it now. Because remember when somebody turned the oven up all the way? Anton was trying to burn them all to death for using applesauce. Oh. (laughs) He got one thing right. His plan was arson. Oh, lovely. And that's why we don't have any more Bubby's boarding house specials. Right, it's just an abrupt end with a fire oh, and some sirens. <laughs> the smell of bird puppet. We hear, we do hear sirens, but it's not the fire department. It's just Bubby with a fire helmet and an extinguisher to stop Anton's cooking latkes from burning down the house. And it turns out, not only did he swap potatoes with tomatoes, he also doesn't cook them with oil. You know, the whole reason you do this on Hanukkah. Right. And Bobby just leaves him there as she brings everyone else out who actually wants to listen to her finish the story in the dining room. And next we see the violence of war with more throwing things. This time it's just spears being tossed from off screen by nobody in every direction at nobody. Just a bunch of sticks flying in an empty battlefield. It's fantastic. That is their abbreviation of the entire Maccabean revolt because (laughs) the next thing we see is a white flag being raised and that's the end of it. I'm glad glad, uh, years of struggle were reduced to throwing some stakes. (laughs) Uh, But now the Jews are left with cleaning up the mess left behind and this 1988 special's depiction of a desecrated temple is the words Antiochus was here written in graffiti on the door (laughs) in dripping red spray paint. I like that touch. I kind of want to see a version of this that looks like the movie The Warriors now. Or like like Escape from from New York. Escape from New York. Oh, yes. Make that. Or Escape from uh, Antiochus. Yes, Escape from the Greeks. Well, the Chester equivalent in ancient Jerusalem, who has been equally wishy-washy about this whole revolt, now asks, can we just use that building over there? And Muffin's counterpart tells him, no, this is our temple. Let's clean it up. Now we dissolve back into Bubby's dining room. And now Anton is listening and he wants to know what all of that has to do with oil anyway. So she explains the miracle of the oil, and we cut to a very old lamp as she goes through how the light was still burning on the second day and on the third day and all the way up through the eight nights of Hanukkah. Uh, And we cut to an actual puppet hand lighting real candles on a real menorah with real fire. Real felt hands. Yeah. Real flammable hands. That's how much faith this crew had in this special. They let their felt puppets use fire. I'm impressed. A plus. Yes. All the puppets except Anton sing the blessings over the candles. that little bit um there's also a movie out there oh and it's got joey lawrence in it and it's it's about it's uh like i don't know if it's a hallmark but it's a um like a christmas hanukkah thing where he pretends to be jewish and she like anyway he goes uh to her parents house and she's jewish and they're pretending to date and they say it there so it's it's nice hearing you know a little bit of it and it's accurate i can you know attest to that so oh good Yeah, they do follow it up with Zack and Muffin saying them again in English, but Mm -hmm. they took the time to do both because it's important. So again, A plus. Yes. And then Zack bursts out his guitar that we haven't seen before for an encore of that beautiful sight song. We light up the candles every night. It's a beautiful sight. And then everyone sits down, but not Anton. He doesn't want to. He now thinks Hanukkah is a dumb holiday with dumb candles. And he doesn't want to eat their latkes. 
and he tries to get Chester to leave with him, but finally Chester puts his foot down. Anton, I come think on, I Chester, I'm waiting. Anton, all day long I've been trying to fit in by being like other people. That's not what the Maccabees would have done. Now I know that I should just be me and be proud of what I am. I'm Jewish, and I like Hanukkah. When we light the menorah candles, they feel good inside. So I'm going to stay right here and celebrate Hanukkah with my friends. Yay! So good on you, Chester. It's a miracle of Hanukkah. There you go. The whole time I was expecting Anton to be the one to have the face turned, but it was Chester who really needed it. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, that's it. Well, Anton was pretty far. We, we He was lost. Yeah. He does eventually get over it and join them at the end, admitting, hey, these do smell pretty good. But he follows it up with more nagging, like I can always taste them and see where you went wrong. Right. But that's, yeah, that's Anton. Nope. I guess giving people a chance to change sometimes can only go so far. Right. Uh, but good news. Zach saved Chester's hat and it still fits lousy, but it's his hat and he'll wear it how he wants. And we get a reprise of Be Yourself. Be Yourself. No matter where the wind blows. With Chester and other random puppets around the table. Rats and sheep and rhinoceri. Rhinos. Just one rhinoceros. Just the one. Uh, that one random woman we don't know anything about, but she's got this weird, perfectly middle part in her hair. Yeah. We don't know anything about her, but there she is. She gets like a solo at the end. She was the Rumpelstiltskin lady. Yes. Uh, and that's pretty much the end of the special. The very last scene is a single sheep and a single mouse with sunglasses still outside trying to guess the fake secret <laughs> password that doesn't exist well after sundown. And they keep it going as the credits roll, finally ending with a happy Hanukkah. We never find out whether that gets them inside because we just fade to black. But what a bizarre but cute little special, April. Thank you for sharing this. It, it, yes, it was. Um, I, I can't say it's anything that's going to become a staple in, in our house, but I appreciated it. Yeah, I feel like th this definitely has nostalgia on its side for anybody who does remember growing up with it, at least from what I've read on the Internet. Well, it's probably how I feel about the Rugrats Hanukkah special, because that was what I had, um, you know. Mm -hmm. So and in 88, I was only five. Um, so right. unless I, I was probably too young to for it to be on my radar when early nineties, I was older um, and we had cable television. So <laughs> I have that, that the nostalgia for the Rugrats Hanukkah special. So I look back on that and even watching it nowadays, um, it, it holds up well for me. Yes. Uh, and, and the people who remember this, it holds up well enough for them and they have nothing but fond things to say about it. So, yes. Uh, well, if you want to watch this, it's not terribly difficult to find. But if you go searching it, remember how it's spelled with no H at the end or the beginning. Or you can actually, I, I searched up Bubby's Boarding House. Oh, yeah, you can, yep, that's easier. B-U-B-B-E, mm -hmm. folks. Yes, so no odd spelling of Boarding House. No. Uh, but thank you again. Always great to talk with you. Yes, we'll have to do this again next year. I'll see what other uh, special I can do. Ooh. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> we're going to light all three of the Hanukkah specials. <laughs> yeah, we got the big ones, but now we're getting into the obscure, obscure stuff, which should be interesting. Yes. Um, but until then, if people want to answer your own front door for you and put you down for a box of cookies, where can they find you on the Internet? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Mother Christmas Cosplay. Um, and then I am also on Twitter. Uh, where to next April two as in the number two. So where number two next April. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, well, I hope y'all had a happy Hanukkah this year. You can find show notes for all the tangents we went on at adventcalendar.house. And I'm on Twitter at fall West Mike tune in for an yet another exciting holiday special in a couple of days until then for April Riley from my increasingly dark and very crowded dining room. This is Mike Westfall saying, please watch out for that icy patch. And there's no password. Just knock on the dang door. Later. And now, these messages.
Hi, I'm Justin. And I'm Amy. And we're the hosts of the Cool Kids Club podcast, a new show dedicated to everything we love and remember from our shared childhoods. Every episode, we will take you on a nostalgia-fueled journey back to the glory days of the 80s, 90s, and beyond. Whether it's toys, pop culture, junk food, or fashion, no topic is too cool for the Cool Kids Club. So check out the Cool Kids Club podcast with America's favorite siblings, Justin and Amy, coming very soon wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Cool Kids Club Pod. Next time on the Advent Calendar House... Toyland's been captured by an evil wizard, and it could mean the end of Christmas. Toyland is mine! I'll never give it up! But guess who's coming to the rescue? The Care Bears! The Care Bears! It's the world television premiere of the Care Bears Nutcracker Suite.